Welcome to episode 9 of Creative Outlet. This one features Tyler Jordan, vocalist and guitarist for the band Good Looks, who just released Bummer Year, one of my favorite records of 2022 so far. We talked about influences and lyrical inspirations, and this episode was a blast to record. Hope you enjoy listening. Hey, Tyler, how's it going? Good, how you doing, man? Not bad. Um, we were talking a little bit before, but... Uh, you know, tell me about the band. Tell me how things are looking right now. Well, things have been things have been going really good. Um, um, as far as you know, as far as the release stuff goes, we've had um, so, some pretty favorable press. That feels good. Uh, got like a Pitchfork review, which was was really kind of like huge for us. Even though, did you really? Yeah, yeah. I did not was, see that. Yeah, it was recent. We it was um, we weren't ex- we we didn't we we weren't expecting it. We were hoping for it, and then and then we got one, and we were really excited. Even though it, it is a seven point two, and I guess that's like a C, but uh, that's we'll good. Take no it. man, that's that's, that's that's a good pitchfork score. That is. Yeah, we we felt good about it. We were really happy. Did you get best new music? I don't know. If we did, I don't know about it. But I, yeah, I don't think so. Let me check. That's cool though, man. Seven point two on yeah. Pitchfork's good. Yeah, I was, I was when it, when we heard it was a possibility. I was really nervous it was going to be a super low or something. Yeah. Get, you know? yeah. <laughs> one of my one of my friends had this um, really like horrible review from them, you know, quite a while ago. But you know, they they gave they just like ripped on his whole thing, and then at the end, they he has like a face of he has a picture of himself on on the record, and and he's just very good looking. And the last thing that they said was, "Oh yeah, nice fucking face." <laughs> <laughs> and so just like I'm glad that didn't happen to us. That's brutal, dude. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, I read the Brooklyn Vegan interview you did. And you talk about some of your influences there, and I love uh-huh. hearing about artists' influences. So let's talk about some artists that you know, like mean a lot to you. Sure. Off. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm well. I'm trying to remember the Brooklyn vegan one. Was that was that the one that was like the three things, like three th- three albums and like a book? And or I think you listed. Here, I can pull it up. I'm pretty sure. Sorry. This, no, you're fine. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have expected you to know that you listed. I know I remember Willie Nelson is the one you listed. Oh, hell yeah. Oh yeah. So it was, it must've been those three records, I think. Yeah. It was 10 inspirations behind bummer. Oh, 10. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. 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 Bummer year, by the way, is good looks is new record. Everyone should go listen to it. It's phenomenal. It's better than a 7.2, but a 7.2 is a good score. And I love it. It's one of my favorite records of the year, but now go ahead. Oh, totally. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And, yeah. and, and we, we kind of feel like, you know, you know, sometimes your mom, like, you know, there's like, you're a dumb kid. And so 7.2, you know, she's, she's still got to put it up on the refrigerator. So that's how we feel about this one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so th- those influences. Yeah, Willie Nelson's really huge. I think, I think Willie Nelson's a really cool entry point into country music for a lot of people because he he speaks really earnestly in his songwriting and and it's just really honest in a way that you know country music's a lot of storytelling so um, sometimes that can be kind of hyperbolic or or exaggerated or, or whatever the thing is and um, 
he's just a really great place to to like kind of get into country music so jake and i are both like super into uh Lynn nelson jake's the lead guitar player in the band um I, i'm kind of obsessed with like so, so kind of where what i love about music or, or things that i get really interested in are like good lyrics in a space where maybe lyrics aren't always um you know the the forefront thing so bands like parquet courts are really huge for me because it's like a punk band with amazing lyrics um, yeah i love patty i love patty smith uh i really dig minutemen um you know i just and i would like to be kind of in in that realm i hope I hope that we kind of accomplish that sometimes just just being a rock band with like you know a lyrical focus or whatever yeah um so what were some of a lot of the songs like the lyrical inspiration is pretty like obvious because you touched on it in the brooklyn vegan interview where um like you have a song called Valmorea, and that's mm-hmm. like a that's like a real place that you that you go to so can you talk about some like that song and then other songs that have pretty clear inspiration for your lyrics sure yeah well first i'd just say uh in texas there's a lot of um spanish names where we like mispronounce them um and so that that's one of them it's it but it's actually balmeray uh, which you would never but it's like it's like they really just phone in the pronunciation on uh uh on a lot of words so it's you know uh but yeah Balmer, that's really unimportant so but uh Balmer is just this really beautiful uh uh place um yeah out in west texas so th- there's a couple of there's a couple of songs that are sort of centered on on a trip out west um that one and almost automatic are both uh both kind of about the same person and same same moment in time so uh they they take place in west texas and um yeah, I don't know. I just I write really I write really literally. So um, a lot of I feel like several folks have asked like you know kind of like greater themes or things that connect. Um, and really, it's it's just it's just my real life. You know, I, I don't know. I sing about what I know, and I I just sing about my feelings, and so that's kind of what the lyrics are usually. Yeah, like so each song is just like a real story. Yeah, pretty much. I think the most abstract one is probably First Crossing, which is like about a year that I spent out at the Kerrville Folk Festival. And so that one feels like it, it, there's like each verse is about a different snippet or like a different part of that festival. And then the chorus is kind of about like the relationship that I was in at the time, um, the person that was out there with me at the Folk Fest. So, but for the most part, I think they're pretty linear. Like, I, I don't know, there's this, I don't want to. I don't want to make myself seem awful, but there's this Family Guy uh, episode where they they uh, they make fun of Randy Newman in it, and and they're like, "There's this old Randy Newman just singing about what he sees," and uh, you know they do the cutaway or whatever. But um, I don't think that's very fair to Randy Newman, but it's 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 exactly what I do. <laughs> so, uh, but. Yeah. Also, as far as influences go, Randy Newman's really huge. I think he's vastly underrated. Cool. Well, when when you're on the Pitchfork Over Under episode, if they ask you about that, have you seen those on YouTube? No. What's that? You really haven't seen those? Oh man. Uh-uh, no. There are these short YouTube videos. They have bands on and artists, and they 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 give a bunch of them like they give them a bunch of prompts like 
let's say like they had Wilco on one and they asked, I don't remember the exact questions they asked, but like, let's say they, they were like Cheetos and then the band has to be like overrated or underrated. And it's usually pretty funny. Uh, I have, you know, I think I have seen that now that you say that. Yeah. So whenever you're on it, if they ask you about Randy Newman, you can say underrated. Oh yeah. Underrated for sure. People like it's people just know the Disney movies, you know, and like, that's all I know. I gotta be. Yeah. 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 But he's like got this really incredible stuff from the seventies that there's just really great records and he's a phenomenal songwriter, but with like kind of a wacky delivery. And so people write him off. I'll have to check him uh, out because yeah, I always like finding stuff that's new to me. Um, but your lyrics being literal, I was wondering, is Benny Malone a real person? Oh, it's Danny Malone. And he is a real oh, person. Man. And I was, I was in a, I was in a, like a, a love triangle for a brief moment with this, this other, he's like another Austin uh, songwriter. He's oh, really okay. good actually. So no, no, no shade his way. Well, that has he heard that song? Uh, yeah, he has. Um, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't know him super well, but I know that he's heard the song and also the sugar water line is like a direct reference to one of his songs. So it's okay. like a, it's a song it's a song title or at least the lyric i can't remember now it's been too long but it was definitely like a a direct shout out to this this other songwriter that i know um i think i i wrote about your record for the newspaper i worked for and oh yeah thank you yeah and i think the i think i said like the only bad thing about it is that it's like short so why i was wondering because I think I said like the greedy music consumer in me like once more. Sure. So I'm wondering sure. why it was only it was seven songs, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Um well, there's several reasons. Um we one it's like, you know, it's it's pretty expensive to record and and so we we paid for this one out of pocket like at the like you know, we've we made the record and then we got picked up by a label. Um, we shopped it around and, and that's how yeah. we wound up on Keeled Scales. But, um, you know, there definitely were some cost um, thoughts like about, you know, we just, you know, basically we spent uh, about two weeks total. So it's a week recording more or less and then like a week mixing. So um, that's that's a big part of it. We, we recorded eight songs. We put up seven you know i also feel like it's something about the moment that we're in too it just seems like more people are putting out like 10 song records or eight song. you know it seems like records are shorter right now and i think that has to do with two things i think people have less of an attention span so it's like the singles matter more or whatever so people are just like listening to records less and then also that like return to vinyl you know you have like a shorter record so you can fit it on a vinyl now that's both of those things, I think this is an extreme case because I, I think I would prefer to put out like an eight to nine, ten song kind of kind of range. Um, so yeah, definitely it feels like an EP, but mostly just like cost cost uh, reasons, and then also you know uh, just these are kind of the songs that we had had ready and together. And that drummer that's on the record had only been playing with us for two weeks before um, we made that we made this album and he's still in the band, which is really cool. And, uh, he's, he's great, but we were definitely like, just, you know, kind of flying by the seat of our pants or I don't know, whatever you want to say. That's cool though. Um, 
So kind of similar to the Pitchfork review, you guys played Audio Tree, which is a big thing for like smaller bands. Absolutely. So how was that? Uh, it was so cool. I mean, that was that was definitely that felt like one of the first first big wins um, was like booking that. And then, um, yeah, that it that that the whole experience was really cool. Those people were super down to earth and just really nice. And that studio is killer i mean we like we went in and it's just like all wood and and you're like you're you're playing through your amp you're like man my amp does not sound this good this room sounds fucking good yeah so that was a cool that was a cool thing and they just did a great job mixing it too i mean uh i got i was i was proud of the performance that we gave but also i mean props to them that was a they're, they're just kind of masters at what they do i've never i've never had a live video sound as good as that yeah um now I've been watching their videos for years and they've introduced me to a ton of bands. Um, so it's cool that you had a good experience there. Um, did you guys play any shows in Chicago? We did. We played a show at Cole's, um, on, we, we did the, we did the audio tree on a Monday and then the Saturday before we played at this place called Cole's, which is just like a small little dive bar. Um, and that was really cool. That was a lot of fun. And then in between, we did a show in, in Milwaukee on that Sunday, uh, ran up there and came back. So mostly we spent like three days in Chicago, though, which was really nice. That's cool. Um, I'm from around there, so that's why I asked. Oh, yeah. I'm from that's like cool. the suburbs. Cool. Yeah, I don't I've spent a little bit of time up there, but that just just a little bit over the years. I was also I'm also like into socialism. So my uh, I was in a socialist group and went up to like a couple of conferences there it's a big it's a big hub for that also our our, our pr guy lives there too and he's he's really cool and and also a socialist which is which is tight <laughs> yeah that's it i had no idea you were a socialist i did not know that but i did know that some of your lyrics are political are they not they are yeah it's been kind of creeping into that. the writing sure sure yeah it's been creeping into the writing over the last um few years i think just like not necessarily super intentionally just just kind of happens like anything that i'm thinking about or living kind of makes its way into music so yeah i mean first crossing is a little political and the bummer you the title tracks political 21 is political uh built vision boards is like i guess it's political it's it's i mean a lot of things are political when 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 you're an anti-capitalist i feel like capitalism touches everything and so like a lot of the everyday stuff becomes political so i don't know that's cool um i don't really know how to follow that up uh sorry <laughs> no you're fine i guess i'll take a hard left turn um oh yeah i was curious you guys spotify bio like mentions the replacements and the war on yeah Dark. What do uh -huh. those bands mean to you? Because those are two of my favorite bands. Yeah. I mean, the replacements are just such a big part of my, um, you know, kind of my journey with music. And, you know, Paul Westerberg's such a huge vocal influence for me. And um, I don't know. I just think that's a perfect band. I, I like read, um, I read this really killer book you, you've probably read it too or it's 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 very famous but it's called um our band could be your life yeah and it just sort of chronicles you know uh 
80s like kind of hardcore from black flag all the way up to like the alternative you know revel you know revolution or whatever in the 90s and so it's a, you know and, and each chapter is about a different band and that's kind of how i got into the replacements was reading that book and also minutemen too um so yeah i just love i love the replacements i i i, I like I think Let It Be is probably my favorite record, but I, I also really like. You. I also really like that last one. I'm trying to remember the one that came out in '90. It's more of like a, it's more of like a Paul Westerberg solo record, but it's is the last one. Yeah, that one's so good too. Yeah, I, some of it gets a little cheesy, like production or whatever. You know, yeah, that happens to bands, and it's just it's unfortunate because like you know that's not what they were. Um, and live, I'm sure it was very different. You know, in that time period, but some of those like don't tell a soul is not like my favorite production wise. It, get, it gets a little goofy. Yeah. Um, I'm in the late eighties. The cool thing about them. Well, I've been listening to them my whole life. Cause my dad is a huge fan of theirs. He's probably uh-huh. like, they're probably his favorite band. Like, of yeah. All time. He also really likes Wilco who I'm sure. Uh huh. Like, yeah. I think you guys probably take a little bit from totally. Then, um, but my dad was actually at the replacements last concert ever. And that's like, wow. A, yeah. That's a famous concert in there. In there. That's uh, crazy. History. So that's cool. And then the war on drugs. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I was, I was like trying to remember there was one other band. Yeah. Yeah. I think with the war on drugs, I feel like the reason that we're kind of in the same, I, you know, I really loved, I, I think, was it deeper understanding? Is that the record for yeah. 14? Oh, that was 2017. That okay. The one, what was the one from 2014? Do you remember? It's, it's Long the, dream. yeah, yeah. I listen to that one a ton and I listen to deeper understanding more. The newer one, I'm less like, I'm less into that one. I think, um, but that again, I think it's a production thing. I think they kind of nail the eighties thing so well on this most recent one that it's like, yeah. it's like it, it came on and I was like, I was like, man, I was I was like I this 80s band's really good. I've never heard them. And then I realized what it was and I was just like, oh man, they're just doing it so straight, you know. Yeah. Um, but I I think part of it is that like that guy's really influenced by Dylan and I'm influenced by Dylan. So I think that that is maybe some where the similarities come in. And then also just Jake's guitar work. It's a little bit more, I would call it like a, aggressive or something, but it's definitely in that like reverby kind of washy um place and we are definitely a guitar band in the same way so i think those two things kind of make us sound like them even though you know maybe you know maybe we're not exactly the same or they're not like the biggest influence but but it's just that like we're probably influenced by a lot of the same people so i think that's why it, it it lands somewhere near that i love jake's guitar work his tone is great me too um do you know like if he has any particular influences for that um i'm sure he does and we are very what we're into is you know we we share a lot of country um we like a lot of the same things he gets into like more 80s like post-punk than i do like he he kind of goes into some different places that i i don't totally exist in i'm definitely more of I'm definitely more of the lyrics guy between the two of us. And and he's more of like vibes and tones and sounds. I know, I know that like, I'm just thinking of bands that he really loves. I, 
this is he's going to be upset that i said this jack white was like a huge early influence for him really um yeah like white stripes like early stuff was like very big um for him so like he used to have the octave pedal thing and was like real into that and then you know as he's grown i i, I feel like he got really into the nerves that was like another big influence and oh shit what's the what's the band from new zealand the flying nun records one uh uh the clean uh the cleaner like a huge oh yeah huge influence for him um i don't i don't know i, I, I a lot of times i and I don't think Neil Young is like a big influence for him, but I think a lot of times he sounds like chorusy Neil Young because the 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 solos are so like vibe oriented yeah. and not necessarily like shredding like shredding super fast, super yeah. technical. But they're they're more about you know sometimes he'll hang on a note or do some. It, it just kind of reminds me of Neil Young, although I don't know that that's like necessarily like a a big influence. But I love that although, blowing, which is like why I like that record so much. Yeah. Yeah, think yeah, he's 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 so great and um he just gets more insane like every year. And uh he also improvises every solo, so like none of those songs really sound the same live. Really? Uh, yeah, which is so that's a really cool thing because you'll just be like on stage and he'll just do something nuts and you're like, oh my god, like awesome. it, it's just like happening in real time. So a lot of times it just blows me out of the water uh or you know not that's not what i mean but like it it you know i just like kind of lose my mind in the moment or whatever that's sick i think that's interesting that you mentioned 80s post-punk because that's like that's some of my favorite stuff and maybe it feels weird to say this but i could see the cure like sneaking into his sound a little bit or something like that yeah i could see that i don't I don't know how much he listens to them or not i i have to i have to ask him but yeah the cure the cure are definitely great yeah if, if it's like i feel like that when i was younger like the big debate was like the smiths or the cure and it was it's always the cure man yeah although the smiths have some great stuff i'm not a huge i i'm not a Morrissey? big fan I, yeah i, I think it's just like i like i like some of that stuff and i think it's really interesting sonically it's a lot for me man he's he's a lot for me as a writer it's a little pretentious sometimes he kind of irritates me too. I'm gonna to agree with you. I have his. Actually, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's just the cure, like the more like working class, like you know what I mean. They they just feel like, uh, I don't know, less like a arty like college band. They just it just feels more immediate or something. And the Smiths were a singles band, and I think the Cure were an album band. Like if you listen, to like if you listen to like Disintegration, uh huh, that's pretty pretty good album but i was just gonna say i have morrissey's autobiography and uh -huh. trying to read him write about himself like i never even finished it it was, <laughs> it was, it was very yeah. Good. yeah um what have you been listening to lately that's a good question i'm gonna grab my phone really fast just because i want i like want to check my spotify yeah go for it Ugh. um it's crazy because how much like the phone and the turns into uh you know just like an extension of your brain yeah um man i've been so i was just thinking i i was in a somehow i missed are you familiar with karen dalton you cut out a little bit could you say that again 
Yeah, sorry about that. Are you familiar with Karen Dalton? Uh, no. I, I wasn't either. Somehow I missed her. She's like um, from the like, I, I just was like in a store the other day and, and they were playing like a whole record of hers. And she's, um, she's this like 60s like folk singer from the same like Greenwich uh, village like scene that like Dylan was in and some of those, those folks. And um, she just has this really cool voice. It's, it's a little like, I don't, know, I don't call it like reedy kind of, um, they, they, I saw some stuff about her being like Billie Holiday with, with, with twang or something. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of Karen Dalton. She only has two records um, from like the late sixties and early seventies, but definitely like been super into that lately um i've been listening this is like out of character i I mean as a lyricist i I feel like if you're not listening to rap you're probably fucking up um but i i've been trying to get more into rap but i've been listening to uh maxo cream a lot he's this this houston rapper um and he kind of he it's like gangster it's like gangster rap but i love like the like gangster rap that sort of like lets you into the story or kind of it's a lot about his childhood and his family and how he got to be where he is. And that stuff's really interesting to me. It's a window into a life that I, you know, would have no window into otherwise. So I've been really digging. Um, the, the record is called, uh, I guess, the, I guess you call it pumpkin is the, is the, is the record. And then also there was like another one more recent. I can't remember. Um, yeah, I've heard that name. Uh, oh. Yeah, he's great. Steve, uh, Steve, Steve Earl is also like a big one. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like there's, I'm always listening to like one Steve Earl record. Um, you know, he, he I, most recently I was listening to El Corazon, which is like, it just starts out with like one of the most badass like political songs. And he's like singing about, um, he's singing about, it's, 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 it's from the nineties and he's like, you know, he's, he's the super lefty. He writes a lot of, um, you know, this, this song's kind of about like how bad things are in the nineties, which was like a really particular low and like left-wing politics, you know, like, uh, and, and so he's, he's talking about, you know, wanting for this back in the day kind of time period with like Emma Goldman and Joe Hill and Woody Guthrie. And he's like shouting out all these like kind of like left activists and man, I just love, I fucking love Steve Earle. That's cool. I don't think I've ever heard of him, so I'll have to check him out. Oh man, he's like he's the Americana like dude. You know, I, I feel like it, in some ways, like you go back and you listen to Steve Earle, and people miss it because he was so influential into like that like '90s Americana sound. So like, I, I think it can sound cheesy like on first listen, but he's the real deal, man. And he was also like friends with like Towns Van Zandt and um, uh, Guy Clark and you know, that, that whole scene, he's like this like Texas songwriter. So he's, he's a cool dude. Yeah. I'll have to check him out. Um, then I think I read somewhere that you guys were, you were digging the records coming out of, is it Dandy studios where you guys recorded? Uh, it's Dandy Dandy sounds. Sounds. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so I listened to like, I think I listened to like half of a Molly Birch record and Uh I really, I really liked it so yeah she's great have you, have you listened to her before no um, yeah and this was before i even asked you 
to like come on the podcast or anything. I just like reading about artists that I like who they like because then that introduces me to more artists. So I guess could you talk a little bit about some of the records that you liked coming out of that same studio? Yeah, definitely that that Molly Birch one was really great. Um yeah, she she kind of she, she was like a just a, a local person that blew up real quick and uh man, yeah, that one was really good. She's just got such a cool voice. She was like a a voice uh Yeah, she like went to school she, for it. She studied yeah, she studied for it in college or whatever and it's she's it seeing her live is is such a trip. She's just got a total control and then just a lot of uh not like vocal range but like a lot of range as far as like different kind of style styles she can like do with her voice which is really cool um there's also this other band that i really love um or i guess it's i guess it's technically a, a solo artist but it's a it's a band uh julia lucille I, i'm trying to think of the name of that record it's like cathonic i don't know if that's how you pronounce that or not but because i've only ever seen it on the page but that's a really huge one that um, that he did that I think is really good. Also, he's in um, he's in this band called Loma, and they have put out a couple of records now, I think, and and he produced both of those. Um, so those are a really great place to start with him too, just his like recording style. But he also plays drums on the on the on that. Cool. Um, what kind of music uh, is Loma? Or Julia Lucille, like what kind of music are they? Like he, Julia Lucille is very like ethereal kind of. Um, it's definitely an indie rock band, but it's uh, she just has this just, like really angelic kind of voice with like lots of layers and and reverb. Um, then Loma's like a little bit more kind of like uh, I don't know. I would call it art rock or something it's um it's a little bit more weirdo uh emily cross is the is the singer in that band i don't know how they write their songs and then also the guy um the other guy uh jonathan from this other band shearwater and it's just like kind of it's just kind of out there i don't know i don't know how to explain it maybe like maybe a good example would be like a more modern like gila tango or something they're just very experimental with their arrangements and and that kind of that kind of thing cool um trying to think of other questions do you read a lot i i try to i go through like periods where i'm reading more and reading reading less uh, i i'm like i'm all on the, this is like the least cool thing to say but i'm all on the the kindle at this point like i read everything okay on a kindle which i has has greatly increased my my reading uh I have one. I should start using it again. <laughs> yeah. It's I, I got into it because I first like I was trying to find there's like a, a lot of like political texts and PDFs and stuff out there that's like for free that you can read. And so I got one to read that kind of stuff because I was like tired of reading it on the computer. And then I just started reading everything on it because it's just a better experience, man. It's like it's lighter. You're not turning pages. You can read it laying down really easily. Whereas like a book, you're like having to like hold it up or whatever. And um, so that's kind of, that's kind of what I have been doing lately. And I, right now I'm reading this book about, it looks like it's Jan, but I think it's, I think you pronounce it Jan Winner, the the person that started uh, Rolling Stone magazine. Oh yeah. I've been digging that. Um, 
also, yeah, like I said, I also read a lot of political stuff, a lot of novels. I like John Steinbeck, um, uh, Sinclair Lewis. I read a lot of, I, I, I particularly like American novels from like the late, you know, 1900s, early, early 20th century. I'm sorry, oh, early 1800s, early 20th century. Okay. Yeah. Um, like Faulkner, maybe? You know, I actually, I, I haven't gotten like super into Faulkner. I did read like... Um, he could be later, I'm not sure. No, I, that's the right time period. It's just not one that I got like... I, 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 need to, I need to give it a little bit more of a chance. I think I read like this. Is he the one that does Sound in the Fury? I have no Faulkner. idea. I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, I'm curious. Do you or other small artists, you know, do you read reviews of your own music? Uh huh. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's kind of in, in this at this moment. It's impossible not to. I think like maybe once you get bigger and you have other people running your social media, and you know, I think maybe it gets easier to not to not read it, which I will really enjoy that if that happens um yeah because i think about every critical thing that anyone has ever fucking said you know and yeah it, it just like I, you know i'll i'll forget every nice thing that was in a review but like the the couple of bad things will just like be back there rooting around for forever so well, now i feel like, bad for saying the record was too short that's okay i i'm actually that's that's been a common complaint which feels nice okay, okay, okay like it's it's <laughs> like it's like i want it i want more of this that's not like a that's not a bad thing you know like it it but i will say there was this guy uh in um it was americana uk and and i he gave a really sweet review and and then kind of said the same thing that he you know would have given us more points had it been longer and but but then oh, I he, like posted Sorry, I was, I was just gonna say I didn't grade it or anything. I never, I don't yeah, have a yeah, grading yeah. system. Yeah, yeah, that feels that. Yeah, it's so that stuff's that stuff is a challenge for me. I will say that um, the one review that was like really that meant a lot was the um, uh, was the all music one. I know like Pitchfork's the bigger deal or whatever, but the all music review was so huge for me because that was how I. Um, that was that was like kind of how I learned about music as a kid. This this website, it's been it was like a, it's allmusic.com and it's like an early internet website. It's been there since like 1994 um, or something like that. And okay. they they the amount of reviews they have on there is just overwhelming. And they kind of did a lot of that stuff that Spotify does now. Like it was all like this music is related to this music, and you know you could go through and do genre studies and just look at like every band that was related in some form or another it's a really cool website um that is cool and, and i think like as a as like a teenager like that was always what success was was like i just want to have a music uh, album like on all music with like a review and then this guy who i've been reading his like reviews for 20 maybe not 20 years maybe like 18 years he like uh he reviewed the record and and even though it was still like, it was kind of in that same realm as the Pitchfork one, like, you know, 3.5 um, out of five stars. It, it was just a really genuine and honest review. And I sort of like really agreed with it where he was like, this this album's really good. And I think this band will do something great in the future. And I was like, yeah, I think we could, I think that we can do a better record. You know, I think we can, <laughs> like, I, I feel, 
it felt really it felt really nice just to have like a kind of like a journalism you know hero of mine like do a review that was really cool yeah i mean like it's fun to daydream about like a really wide like expansive follow-up record from you guys do you have any idea it's so early to be asking this but do you have any ideas as to what the second record is going to look like yeah it's hard to know i will say this um we were we have we had recording time scheduled for may um but then we had to push it back with with jake and like the accident and all that stuff and so um now it's like in july um we've got about i think about 18 songs um new ones to record and so i don't know what that's going to look like i don't know if we'll do two records or if we'll just do like one 12 song or something like that and cut some stuff i'm we're still kind of figuring that out and that i think we'll probably record most of it and then make that decision afterwards but um but but yeah it could it, it could be it could be expensive or it could be another nine song i don't know i'm not sure and then you know, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but do you want to touch on like like Jake's accident? Totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we had our release show on on uh, April eighth, and it was just killer. I mean, it was like one of this one of the best shows we've ever played, and like, you know, it was a sold out thing, and maybe the first time we'd ever like really sold out a show before. So that felt, that felt really nice. And yeah, it was just a killer crowd. And then when Jake was like, uh, he was getting a ride from a friend and, and this is like kind of the structure of a lot of our, a lot of our nights, Jake always stays out the latest, you know, he's, um, he's definitely, he's not like a partier, but he's a socializer. And it's always, you know, I was like, okay, man, I'll see you later. And so he always closes the bar out and, um, he was getting a ride home from a friend and when they were like walking to their friend's car um he uh, he was like hit by this guy in a challenger um this guy i don't i don't i don't have all the details to the situation um but but basically he just got he kind of got clipped like this guy was like driving pretty fast down a road and and uh and 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 jake went went flying and uh, knocked his head pretty good. He broke a, he fractured his tailbone, fractured his skull. Um, and it was a pretty intense head injury, uh, concussion and, um, TBI or whatever you want to call it. Um, but so yeah, we, we were supposed to go on tour the next day and, you know, had to cancel everything. And right now we're kind of in this wait and see place where we're definitely looking at, um, we're hoping to reschedule some tours for, for, uh, you know, fall, probably early fall, late summer. Um, but we're just kind of seeing Jake's recovering pretty quickly and, and, and doing really well, but also has like a long way to go having some problems with his like short-term memory and, um, just it's, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a long road in front of him. So, uh, but that's been a, it's been, I mean, that obviously is really terrible, but he's in a lot of ways, it's been cool to see. There's been a lot of support from the music community here in Austin and at large. Um, so that's cool. He has like a GoFundMe going and, 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 and just overwhelming amount of support has come in through that. And so that's really been cool. I feel like I, I, 
you know, I, I think that, yeah, I don't know how to say that, but, but, but basically like, I don't, it's a hard moment, but there are like, there are silver linings to it, I guess is the way that I would say. Um, yeah. So I'm really hopeful that we'll be able to hit some of those cities that we had to cancel. And, um, but yeah, we're just kind of, we're taking it slow and just making sure that he's going to be in a place where he can tour. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I'm glad he's getting better and I hope he continues to improve. That's, that's a really tough Me situation too. to be in for all you guys. Me too. Um, and then where can people find the GoFundMe? Um, so the, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of the best way to like, I guess it's on, on our Instagram, good looks band at good looks band. Um, and also I'm sure if you, uh, searched GoFundMe, Jake Ames, it would probably come up. His name's Jake Ames, like A M E S like Iowa. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely, you know, put a link in, in the description or something if people want to go donate. Yeah, um, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you have any, like, parting thoughts? I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, no, not not necessarily. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I appreciate you, and thanks for, thanks for having me on, and uh, best of luck. I know you were, you were saying before this that this might be, you know, I don't know if yeah. I'm boiling it but this might be like the last last podcast potentially and yeah so whatever you get into next i just you know wish you the best of luck well thank you and congratulations for you know being the last episode so that's a really I, big honor <laughs> i feel yeah i feel real good about it so um yeah i'm glad we can make this work hell yeah um thanks for coming on yeah no thank yeah. you and i will talk to you later okay awesome sounds good Thanks for tuning in. Go stream Bummer Year. It really is one of the best records to come out so far in 2022. As we mentioned, this is the last episode of Creative Outlet. It's been a lot of fun doing this and getting to talk to some really cool people. So thank you to everyone who made some time to come on and make a guest appearance. And thank you, dear listener, for listening. I hope you were able to find some new artists you like through this podcast.